Welcome to Adjunctitis, From Surviving to Thriving, teaching hacks to reduce stress, save time, and avoid common pitfalls. I'm April Brown, an assistant professor of journalism at Cal State LA. For those of you who don't know, I created this podcast because I found there's really not always a lot of help for adjuncts or new professors who haven't taught before. You probably know your subject matter really well, but teaching it is an entirely different proposition. So I hope some of these tools will help you start strong, feel more confident, and really avoid unnecessary strife. Keep in mind, your university probably does have teaching resources, but you may not have found those yet, so you'll probably want to seek them out at some point. Welcome to Episode 7, What's an LMS and Why Do I Care? If you've been listening to the podcast, you may remember what it is. It's become ubiquitous, but chances are if you haven't been around higher ed for a while, it might be very unfamiliar. LMS stands for Learning Management System. I mentioned it briefly in earlier episodes. It's basically the online system used for organizing coursework, communication, and other educational-related things. I'm going to talk about some basic things you can do within it to make your life easier and prevent you from being bombarded with student questions. But first, as always, starting with a quick story. My prep for my first day of full-time teaching, not that long ago, 2016 actually, was really old school. I copied bits and pieces of the three previous syllabi I'd been given for this particular course into a document. I printed it out. I handed it out. I hadn't had time to look for a book I thought was appropriate, so I adopted the ones previous teachers used. And for some reason, I must have forgotten, I accidentally copied the language from one of the syllabi into my own, and it indicated students would turn in all their work via the learning management system. The problem was, I didn't know where to find it, get into it, or how to use it. So all of the homework students turn in my first semester was the old-fashioned way, on paper. But if I'd been pointed to a brief tutorial about how to use the LMS, it would have really saved me a lot of time and probably saved a lot of trees, too. You can make a template module for your weeks and duplicate it so it can be modified for the weeks that follow, changing the content and the assignments. So my advice here is to invest a little time learning about it because it can pay off in a number of ways. You don't actually have to physically collect assignments. They submit them electronically. And some assignments can be graded automatically. <laughs> you get the idea. I've had experience working with two LMSs, Blackboard and Canvas. And I was introduced to Moodle in grad school many, many years ago, but it was just being adopted and only one professor ever used it and really not very much. So I will be using Canvas as an example here, and in the pictures that I show you on the website under Teaching Tools Episode 7, these will be pictures of my Canvas course materials. When you get into the system, each course has kind of a shell, a place where you can put in everything you need for that course. Syllabus, assignments, quizzes, class material, videos, tutorials, things like that. It starts empty, and you can add things to it. And in Canvas, and I believe in Blackboard, if I remember correctly, it remains unavailable to students until you publish it. I like to have all my classes formatted the same way. Once students get familiar with it and they take another class from me, they know how it works. And I've created a video explaining how I use it to show those students as well. And you can see that in the Teaching Tools section on our website under Episode 7, too. 
I use a series of modules for my course, and the first few are basic information, like orientation material. A bit about me, how to contact me, how to find their grades. Again, that little video describing how I use Canvas for those who haven't been in my classes. And I actually created this video after several students who were not particularly technically inclined said they were really confused. But I think it's actually been helpful for all of the students new to my classroom. I don't have to repeat things ad nauseum anymore. After that, it is the academic honesty module we talked about in episode six. Every student has to pass with a 90% if they want to continue in the class. And I just found out something today that my university has come out with its own academic honesty series of information and quizzes that we can use in our classes. They will provide certificates for students who've passed. If your school has that, it might make more sense to use it than to adopt some of the materials that I've put uh, on my website. At any rate, the third module is help and support, and it's curated links and information they might need that are all in one place. It covers everything from help with the LMS through our IT department, accessibility resources, advising, and even things like where to get assistance for more serious problems like food insecurity, housing, and mental health. That is followed by a weekly reading plan. And this only works, of course, if you have your entire semester planned out. But for those of you who do, it provides students a chance to see what's coming and get a head start if they want to. They usually don't, but you might have one or two. After that, the weekly modules, which are all formatted the same way. There's a section for what I plan to go over in class and then a section for the week's assignments. I start at the top with a page reminding them where they can find our classroom, either in person or on Zoom if needed. And it also reminds them about office hours so they don't have to go seek and find. Every week, I put the particular week's reading assignment up at the top, even though it is listed in its own section, but I just want to remind them. And after that, I include a weekly student well-being quiz. This was something my university's teaching and learning team suggested when we were teaching virtually as a way to check in on students because we never saw them in person and often didn't even see their faces. You could get more details about the quiz on the website, but it's a few questions about how they're doing and what their stress levels are like, what's working in the class and what isn't, things like that. Now, it's not required, but I do make completing those quizzes worth two bonus percentage points. If you'll recall, I do not give extra credit, and I explained why in episode five, but I feel like this is really worth it. I try to read the answers and respond the morning of each class. I have these quizzes due at 11.59 on the same day each week, which is usually right before our last class of the week or our only class of the week in some cases. And it's really allowed me to address problems before they fester, direct students to help if they need it. And the students have told me it's been really important for them. It, it shows them that I care. My thought about this is, if it makes them more likely to succeed, it's the least I can do. And to be honest, it's something that a lot of them have actually mentioned when they get to do their student opinion surveys about how the class was during the semester. But let's go back to the weekly module. I use the class pages as an outline for what I'm talking about that day. And it's not unlike the outlines I'm providing for each of these episodes. You get a sense of the topic, what I'm planning to cover, and have a place to write notes if you want to. 
So for each class's Canvas page, I put the learning objectives at the top. It reminds me to make sure what I'm teaching and including is working toward those goals. And I hope it also reminds the students as well. The second thing I put in is questions you should be able to answer by the time the week's homework is due. Not all of the questions, but some important ones. This is almost exactly the opposite way I originally approached teaching because it was pretty much the way I was taught by teachers. They say stuff. We're supposed to figure out, for the most part, what's important and what isn't. And oftentimes, we're supposed to memorize all of that, too. But here's where my thinking shifted. We have so much information at our fingertips now. Students don't have to memorize as much as they used to to be successful. They have to know where to find the information, evaluate its truthfulness and value, and then apply it. And my goal is to make sure they understand the important concepts and the reasons behind them. So once again, they can apply that knowledge. I can't really see a reason to surprise them or make them guess where we're going or what we're covering. So this is how I do it. Quick diversion now. As I just said, it's crucial for students to be able to find information, evaluate its truthfulness and value, and then apply that to what they're doing. Particularly true in journalism, as we're supposed to be sharing facts and letting people know when we are airing opinions. There is a great resource called the News Literacy Project with modules for educators and literally everyone who wants to learn about how to be a better information evaluator. They are at newslit.org, and if you don't have time to write that down, you can find the link on adjunctitis.com. Back now to the class page. The rest of the class page serves several purposes. It's a place for me to put in the materials I'm going to reference in class in the order that I'm going to address them. It's always available, so students can go back and look at them even after class. And it's an outline for me when I'm teaching. I basically know the order of what I'm covering. Because I'm giving them this roadmap, I expect more of their attention when it comes to participation and details. I do a lot of exercises in class, in groups, so they have a chance to talk about things amongst themselves and figure things out, that experiential learning. Those are not all the tools, and I'll have more on that later. We'll continue with LMS stuff in the next episode, and episode nine will have things for you to consider using to start the semester strong in your first class. Again, you can find the material I've discussed on our website, adjunctitis.com, under the teaching tools section for episode seven. If you have questions or issues you'd like me to address, please send them to questions at adjunctitis.com. Join our conversation on social. Right now we're at adjunctitis on threads, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. We are also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash adjunctitis. You can also use the hashtag adjunctitis so we can form a community where questions can be asked and answered. If you enjoyed our podcast, please consider leaving a review and a rating. Those can help other people find us too. Please spread the word and help those who ask you for help. It's good teaching karma. Adjunctitis is a Look At It This Way production. I'm April Brown. Thank you for listening. Class dismissed.